Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Revelation chapters 4 and 5 in this session. Let's go ahead and pray and we'll get right into the Word of God. Father, we bless you today. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Holy Spirit, help us both in the ministering and in the hearing of the Word of God. And we'll give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. All right, we'll be in Revelation chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven, and the first voice, which I heard, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. What we're going to see in Revelation chapter 4 and 5 are seven personages that are surrounding, that are on the throne and surrounding the throne. Very important for us to see this before we go forward in the book of Revelation. Now, notice after this, or after these things, that's the Greek phrase, meta tauta. And we'll see this throughout the book of Revelation. After this, I looked, and behold, a door was opened in heaven. So the Apostle John, being in the Spirit, was looking into the spirit realm. And the first voice which I heard was, as it were, of a trumpet talking with me, which said, Come up hither, and I will show these th- I will show thee things which must be hereafter. So here we have a door is open, which enables John entry into the heaven, which is to me a type of the rapture of the church. Amen. And he is uh, goes into heaven uh in order to witness and record the things which must be hereafter. Verse 2, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. So immediately John was in the Spirit. And behold, notice he says, And behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. Now, the first personage that John sees is the throne of God and the one sitting on uh, the throne. And of course, you know, we know this is God the Father. So he is the first personage. Now, verse three, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne and sight like unto an emerald. Now, In the writings of Ezekiel, the jasper stone was the last of the 12 stones set in the breastplate of the high priest of Israel. And the sardius stone was the first stone set in the breastplate of the high priest. And the reason why this is significant, because it speaks to us of God himself as the first and the last. And, of course, we have that recorded in Isaiah 44 and also in Revelation chapter 117. Isaiah 44, speaking of Jehovah God, and Revelation 117, speaking of Jesus Christ himself. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. This is reading Revelation 117. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, I am the first and the last. And then in Isaiah, uh, the king of Israel, his redeemer, the Lord of hosts, saying, I am the first and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. All right, now, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in sight like unto an emerald. And, of course, Ezekiel in chapter 1 speaks of this 
the appearance of a bow in the clouds uh, in the day of rain, the appearance of the brightness round about and the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. And notice, and when I saw it, I fell upon my face and I heard a voice of one that spake. That's Ezekiel. Now, around about the throne, there was a radiance that appeared as a rainbow and the rainbow John saw was likened to the color of an emerald. Now, this is also significant because the emerald in Hebrew is the word nofek and speaks of a glowing stone. Imagine that. Imagine the brilliance of green around uh, the throne of God. And in the New Testament, the emerald, the smaragdos, speaks of a live coal. So we're talking about something that was living, something brilliant, brilliant around uh, and in the midst of the throne of God. So here we have the first personage, and that's God the Father. Amen. And of course, the number one speaks to us of God himself. All right. Now, the second personage, verse four, and round about the throne were four and twenty seats, and upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Now, the twenty-four elders, well, who are they? Well, they are redeemed men. Nowhere in Scripture are elders anything other than men. And the word elders is used over 180 times and always referred to a man or men. Now, the Greek word for elder is presbuteros, and that's talking about someone who is a senior, a senior man or a leader. Now, notice the 24 elders are seated on thrones. Actually, the King James says seats. Well, the word seats is the Greek word thronos, and it is translated other, other places as thrones. And the number 24 elders speaks to us of the 24 orders of the priesthood that we find in the Old Testament in First Chronicles 24, 1 through 19. So the 24 elders now are representative of the entire priesthood. Now, that's very important. The entire priesthood that is in heaven. And that's very important for us to see there. All right. Now, it says in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 6, notice, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So this passage, uh, speaking of uh, the 24 elders and also of a kingdom of priests, notice that uh, this passage could be interpreted as hath made unto us a kingdom of priests unto God. And, of course, you know, Peter speaks of this same thing in First Peter 2, 5. Ye also, as lively stones or as living stones, are built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So the church is a part of the kingdom of God. Of course, we know that. And it's organized and ordained as a royal priesthood. That's interesting. And it's, it's good to remember a royal priesthood that offers unto the Lord uh, sacrifices unto him. But now notice something else about these 24 elders, that they are clothed in white raiment and they had on their heads crowns of gold. Well, the white raiment speaks to us 
of the righteousness of saints and the crowns of gold speak to us of victor's crowns. They're translated uh, crowns, but it's the Greek word Stephanos, which is a crown given as a reward to victors, those who have overcome a contest or a battle. And the gold speaks to us of that which is divine or royal. So this is where we get the idea of a royal priesthood. Amen. Praise God. All right. Now, let's move on. The third personage that John sees in Revelation chapter four and verse five. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So out of out from around the throne of God, John sees lightnings and thunderings and voices which speak to us of the mightiness and the majesty of God, who is the judge of all the living and of all the dead. And of course, the psalmist declares this, bow thy heavens, O Lord, and come down, touch the mountains and they shall smoke, cast forth lightning and scatter them, shoot out thine arrows and destroy them. So uh, John is writing and he says that there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. So John tells us that these uh, seven lamps of fire burning are the seven spirits of God or is the Holy Spirit. Now, the seven lamps of fire burning seems to indicate to us the menorah that was placed in the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. And it's very interesting to note the Jewish emphasis uh, that John is witnessing, indicating that Israel is the principle during the great tribulation due to the fact that the church has already been raptured and is uh, in heaven. And we'll see this as we go along. Now, the fourth personage that John sees, Revelation 4, 6. And before the throne, there was a sea of glass like unto crystal. And in the midst of the throne and round about the throne, there were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So John sees uh, the throne before the throne, a sea of glass, a clear crystalline surface that is so transparent that it reflects light, brilliant light, heavenly light. And in the midst of the throne, John sees four beasts. Now, this could be better translated living creatures or actually uh, living beings. And these beings were in the midst of the throne and round about the throne of God. Uh, these beings had eyes before and behind and speak to us of the omniscience and the omnipresence of God who knows all and sees all. And of course, in Ezekiel chapter one, verses five through 10, Ezekiel sees these same beings. And also Isaiah, in Isaiah six, verses one through four, Isaiah, Isaiah sees these beings. So John describes these four living beings and, and what they look like and what their purpose was around the, bone, around the throne. And we'll see this in verses seven and eight. <clears throat> and the first beast was like a lion and the second beast like a calf or an ox. And the third beast had the face as a man and the fourth beast was like a flying eagle. And the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 
Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Now, each of these figures represents heads of the encampment of Israel in the days of the wilderness wandering. Amen. Praise God. As they were being prepared for their entry into Canaan. And how do we know this? Well, we know this from the prophecy in uh, Genesis. The lion is representative of the tribe of Judah, whose banner was that of a lion. And Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. And their tent was always pitched toward the east. Now, Jesus is returning from that direction, from the east. Now, the calf or the ox was representative of the tribe of Ephraim, whose banner was that of an ox, and they pitched their tent towards the west. The man was representative of the tribe of Reuben, whose banner was that of a man and whose banner pitched towards the south. And lastly, the eagle was representative of the tribe of Dan, whose banner was that of an eagle and whose tent was pitched towards the north. And you'll see that as you read through Genesis chapter 49. Now, in Romans chapter 2, Moses lists the encampment of Israel in the wilderness and gave the population of each of the tribes. Now, if you take this encampment and you lay it in an overhead view, the arrangement of the encampment will figure a cross. And this cross speaks to us of the, of the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, he which came to seek and to save that which is lost. See, this is a picture an overhead picture of the Messiah Jesus. Now, each of these living beings, they had six wings. They were full of eyes within, and they did not rest day or night proclaiming, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. This is called the thrice holy or the trihagion. And these living beings, they cease not day or night, Remember now, we're, we're day and night. There's no day and night in heaven, but in relation to our understanding of the scriptures, uh, John writes down here, day or night, the trihagion. Now, verses 9 and 10. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, notice this, verse 11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. And we're going to go through, as we go through these chapters, we're going to see a seven-fold declaration uh, to Almighty God uh, listed uh, throughout uh, these verses that we're going to be looking at. Now, Revelation chapter 4, it's a powerful chapter, and it reveals to us the magnificence and the splendor of the throne of God and of the persons and beings surrounding the throne. But the main figure in chapter 4 is God the Father, the Almighty, the One. Amen. And uh, also the three other figures, the 24 elders, the Holy Spirit, uh, and the four living beings. Now, the third figure of these seven is the Holy Spirit 
three being the number of the Trinity and Holy Spirit being the third person of the Godhead. See, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, this is plain in the scriptures. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. So in these four first figures, two of the three personages are the Godhead represented. And we also saw Israel represented in the represented in the faces of the four living beings. Each face represented each of the four tribes whose standards led the way of the children of Israel as they journeyed towards the land of Canaan. And of course, Cain, Canaan or the promised land is a type of heaven, which is a culmination of the life and faith and devotion to Christ that uh, everyone who does so uh, as they pursued down here on earth, uh, fulfilling uh, our part of the divine commission of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So uh, that is chapter four. So remember, the central figure of chapter four is God on his throne. Now, chapter five. At this point, we do believe the church. I do believe the church has already been raptured and taken to heaven. And we'll see this as we go along. Notice First Thessalonians four fifteen through 17 describes the rapture of the church. All right, now, Revelation 5, verse 1, And I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within and on the backside sealed with seven seals. Now, I found this uh, writings uh, from a German commentator by the name of Stauffer. And in his writings concerning the book of Revelation, uh, a person or person's will during the times of the Roman Empire was a heavily sealed role a legal Roman will or document that had to be sealed at least seven times. So this book is called the Seven Sealed Scroll, and it is a will and a testament of that which must be hereafter. Now, verses two through four. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. Now, notice that no man in heaven or on earth of all of humanity that has lived or died, not one of them was found worthy to open this seven sealed scroll. There was only one found who was worthy to open the book. And this is the fifth personage that John sees. Verse five. And one of the elders said unto me, weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Now, notice we're talking about men. And of all the men who have ever existed, only one was found worthy. And he is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He is called the Root of David. And this is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, amen, that Isaiah prophesied concerning in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. Let me read it to you. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. 
and shall make him quick of understanding in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity. Notice that that's a big word today in the modern world, equity, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. So what we see in this passage from Isaiah is a sevenfold attributes, sevenfold attributes of the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. He has the spirit of the Lord resting upon him. He has the spirit of wisdom the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge and having the spirit. He also has the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So what is this a picture of? Well, it's a picture of Christ as the perfect one who is anointed with the sevenfold Holy Spirit, the perfect Holy Spirit, which was given to him. And we know this from John three thirty four, which was given to him without measure. That's very important. Now, Revelation 5, 6, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. It's the Lord Jesus Christ, now who assumes center stage in this awesome heavenly worship scene. The lamb appears as it had been slain. And this speaks to us of the price Jesus paid for our redemption. Christ is also seen having seven or seven horns and seven eyes. The seven horns speak to us of his perfect power and the seven eyes speak to of speak to us of his perfect wisdom and perfect knowledge. And the mention of the Holy Spirit sent into all the earth speaks of the role of the Holy Spirit during the great tribulation and bringing those who have missed the catching away of the church into a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's important to note, it's the same Spirit of God, but as we'll see as we go along, a very different salvation economy. Now, verses 7 and 8. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them fell down before the Lamb now fell down before the lamb. Every one of them harps, golden vials full of, full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. So now the authority to be the judge of the living and dead has now been transferred to the lamb of God. So the lamb of God is the fifth personage. And the number five in scripture is the number of grace. And Christ, we know, is full of grace and truth. All right, now the sixth personage. Revelation 5, 9 and 10. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. Now, I want to quote to you something that I wrote earlier concerning these two verses. The translation in the King James Version comes from the Textus Receptus, the received text, and it was the earliest Greek manuscript developed by the Catholic Church in the 15th century. There was not at that time a higher criticism concerning the Greek language. 
so many errors were recorded into the text. This was not fully corrected until a better Greek New Testament was made, which was the Westcott and Hort. Now, notice in reading the New American Standard Version of this passage above, says this, and they sang, which is the Greek word adusin. Notice the ending, adusin. It's a third person plural. That's important. There was slain and didst purchase for God with thy blood men. Men is in parentheses. From every tribe and tongue and people and nation, and thou hast made them to be a kingdom and priests unto our God, and they shall reign upon the earth. So the translators of the New American Standard Translation, understanding the inadequacy of the received text, understood who the 24 elders and the living beings were singing about. Singing unto Christ the Lamb, they sang, Thou wast slain, and did purchase for God with thy blood men. Now, who are these men? From every tribe and tongue and people and nation. That's who they are. So God, through the blood of Jesus, purchased men is the key to understanding this message. The elders and living beings were not singing about themselves, but they were singing about this group that they're representing. This group, a man that has been made a kingdom and a priest unto our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Now, kingdom in the received text is Basileon, and according to Westcott and Hort, that is the wrong plural form of the word kingdom. The word written in the text as a third person plural form is Vasileusin. Remember Adrasin, Vasileusin, and is traded, uh, translated in the New American Standard as to be a kingdom and priest to our God. And that's who we are. We're kingdom, we're, a, we're our kings and priests. The kings being the 24 elders, the royal and the priest, the priesthood being the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So this throng of people are not in the period of the time of Revelation 510 on the earth. They're in heaven and will reign on the earth. And when? When the second coming of Christ, when they return with him to take possession of the earth. So this throng are not, notice that, they're not on the earth. Where are they? They're in heaven. That's the raptured church. Praise God. Amen. And so there can be no other possibility of this vast crowd of innumerable men to be other anything other than the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right, now the seventh personage, verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. So the seventh personage are the angelic host. Now, verses 13 and 14, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such as are in the sea, and all that in them heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and to the Lamb forever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him that liveth forever. So the culmination of this revelation of the seven, purchase, uh, seven personages ended with the entire praise of all creation. What a magnificent picture of heaven. And that's exactly what Revelation 4 and 5 are. 
It, what four and five is, it is a revelation of the throne of God and of what heaven will be. Now, Scripture declares this same Jesus, which is taken up from you, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, my question to you that are listening to this broadcast, are you going to be a part of this great cloud of witnesses? Are you looking up or will you be looking up on the day when Jesus Christ returns in a moment in the twinkling of an eye to capture his bride away? Now, if you aren't, you need to call upon him now. And if you do that, you will be saved and you will be ready when Jesus returns. Don't delay. Don't put it off until tomorrow. Do it now. Amen. And you'll be ready to go when he comes. Father, we bless you. We thank you today for your goodness, for your mercy, and for this word, Lord. Hallelujah. This word of encouragement, this word of promise. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life. <laughs>